So joining us on the show right now, we, you know, we love having guests from throughout the Middle East and South Asian community. And this one is one that we tend to like to have people that are giving us all information about themselves and their background. But this is one that's understandably going to try to keep things veiled. So, you know, we we do our best to honor people who want to keep their information confidential, and that's what we're doing right now. We have an anonymous guest with us joining us right now. We are going to call her Boss. Yay! Boss, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Boss is here to talk about something that I think is fairly common within the Middle Eastern and South Asian community, and that's just being in the closet and the parents have no idea. That's correct. Yeah, or you could also be uh, over 30 as a woman and not and be single and your parents just assume you're gay. Yeah. It's, you wanna, <laughs> do you want to tell me no, more, Mona? Your parents just assume. My, my, my relatives in Pakistan and here think I'm gay. I'm not even joking. They think I'm a lesbian. I just haven't found the right woman on my dreams yet. Did they see the video that you posted on your Instagram of the helicopter vibrator dick? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, well, my mom, my mom, I don't think would because then she'll send me to Mecca for that one. But um, no. She'd probably hand that thing to you as a helicopter propeller to fly you over there. She'd be like, is this for massaging the neck? And it's like, (laughs) No. That's not what this is for, Mom, but thanks. Um, <laughs> you should buy her one and tell her it is for massaging the neck. Like, hey, Might Mom, be a good thing. Mom, and also it's brown and it looks halal. So <laughs> it's cut, Mom. I think it's cut. <laughs> I think it works. Um, Boss, thank you so much for joining us right now. We really absolutely. appreciate it. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on the, on the show today. We're going to talk about some incredible... Things like one of them being um, uh, boss is uh, boss's background is Lebanese, and uh, as uh, we know, uh, being folks of the Middle Eastern and South Asian background, that uh, you know sexual things are hard enough to talk about, let alone being a member of an LGBTQ community. So, would you like to talk a little bit about your experience and you know your involvement with the LGBTQ community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, kind of going back to what was said, I mean, sexuality isn't talked about at all, even even for the straight community, right? There's really no such thing as dating, right? You kind of, uh, once my dad told me, oh, you'll date when you get married, and I was just scratching my head, like, what the hell does that even mean? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Well, I'll date when I get married. And we don't have arranged marriages, so it's not like, you know, your marriage is going to be arranged and you're going to get, you know, it, it was more like just the thought of like, you don't date, like we don't date as a culture. We don't, we're not, we don't openly talk um, about um, sexuality, right? We don't talk about, even about gender, right? Um, trying to explain anything outside of female and male to a Middle Eastern person, you it, you can't even get past the first sentence. They they won't even hear it. Right. Right. So everything is very much based on the status quo, the what we've been always taught is the normal. Um, basically everything patriarchy um has gotten us to. Right. right. And that's that's kind of one of the biggest struggles for um Middle Eastern countries, right? You have and in Lebanon, which is amazing how much there is, even though it's not really talked about, and 
you know, it's still kind of taboo to have like somebody kiss on camera, let alone uh, show a sex scene. But yet you look at entertainers in the Middle East, especially Lebanon, they're so sexualized. Women are sexualized beyond belief right. um, in in Lebanon. Uh, that well, a lot around of them the world, though, more, pretty much. In, I mean, Bollywood movies. My goodness, they're like we are only going to one hundred percent. And even, no, no, no. even completely... those who are fully veiled, yeah. there's a sexualization of that in that they're completely restricting it. That's correct. And they're, it's right. almost like they are shaming sex, sex through clothing in a way. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's shamed either way. You know, you're showing too much, you're showing too little. And yeah. it's, a lot of it falls into also not just your religious background, but how religious are you in your religious background? Right. I, I know speaking, I, I'm just going to speak more on my knowledge of the Lebanese culture is, you know, you have a country that I think it's estimated 17 different religions in one of the smallest countries in the world. Right. With that many different religious, religious kind of breakdowns, uh, you know, which includes um, different religions within Islam, different religions within um, whether it's Catholic, Christian, Maronite Christians, right? You have Druze, you have all these different religions that are in Lebanon. And it, it, the end of the day, it's still a culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a separation of like, this is the overall Lebanese culture, which everybody agrees on certain stuff. And then you have the religious kind of, um, the, the, the religious aspect of it, which has w- whatever laws, you know, um, that, that kind of religion, whether it's scriptural or something that they added on to, right? Because a lot of times you have politicians and religious people that are kind of making it their own as well for their own agenda. So you have all these different breakdown of so many different religions within this small country. And then you have that. The one thing that they can all agree on is homosexual, homosexuality is wrong. Right. The other thing they can all agree on is, you know, a, a, a woman's place is marriage and kids. Right. right? Even in 2019, we still have that. Wait, don't you know so that I, already? I, was, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I'm not there yet. For me personally, I realized... Uh, I, I knew something was when I was young. Um, and when I say wrong, I don't think it's wrong. But you know what I mean? It's that that's what society has has. That's what society society taught me, mm-hmm. at least at that age. Right. At least what uh, what my brain could at least comprehend what while it was developing. So I know around when I was about nine, ten years old. I started kind of thinking like, okay, I'm not really the same. I'm not really normal. I, I actually thought those thoughts was hmm. I'm not a normal person. Um, I'm not a normal Lebanese person. I'm not a normal woman. Um, so I just kind of started feeling those things. And then when I was about 11, probably about 12 years old, I started kind of having crushes on girls that were in my school and I realized I'm like, okay, why am I crushing on, why am I crushing on these girls? That's not normal. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be thinking that. 
do you talk so, do you tell this to other fellow friends or is this something information that's being shared with anyone or is it just all being kept no yourself? at that point absolutely not are you kidding me i was so scared um i was i i i was ashamed i was a little bothered like uh, bothered at myself like i'm like why am i weak why can i just not think about this like no this isn't right so i it, it was a lot of just self-hate right so i i just i i i did well in school but i also i wasn't necessarily happy but i played it off that i was happy a lot but i wasn't a happy kid um i think i was always angry um I wasn't a bully. I never bullied because I've always hated bullies, but I was angry. So if, like, somebody started something at school, I would be the first to, like, go at them like I'm going to beat them up. Um, right. And it was more that it was just all that frustration and anger inside of me that I didn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't a healthy adult. I didn't know that I should be talking to somebody. And honestly, who, who was I supposed to talk to? And I didn't know anybody else that was out. That's a very good point. And, I'm, uh, you know, part of it, you know, projecting uh, that inner frustration is kind of a telltale sign of being just a teenager. You don't know how to deal with these overwhelming feelings in general, just for teenagers in general. To deal with yeah. these feelings of not knowing your, you know, not fully understanding or fully having a sense of peace with your sexuality on top of being a normal teenager. That's right. That's where when you have also, you know, coupled with a toxic level of lack of communication about sexuality and sex in general within the culture, you could see why there's so many people that are terrified of coming out to their parents. Have you come out to your parents yet? I have not. I mean, that's the only reason that um, being anonymous um, is more it's more honestly on the respect factor uh, to my parents, just in case. Somebody, you know, hears it that Do it's you, like, oh, yeah. you know, that uh, comes out for me to my parents, which I don't think is a nice thing. But people do that, unfortunately, yeah. especially, you know, they love gossip in our culture quite a bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that leads me to my question specifically for you, boss. And by the way, boss is joining us talking about specifically being a lesbian and not being able to talk to her family specifically because of the way that the culture is about communicating about sex in general, but especially within the LGBTQ community. So my question is, what's what do you feel like is the scarier thing for you, telling your parents or having people talk about it because the gossip that comes from it? What's the scarier part for you? So. Given my personality, it's more telling my parents. Um, I'm not somebody who cares about what people think of me. I used to. Um, I don't anymore. Um, I honestly haven't for at least like the last six, seven years. And it's more, I think, just not just maturity, but it's just knowing myself um, enough and respecting myself enough to be like, hey, I'm, I'm a good person. Uh, I do good things. I work my ass off. Um, you know, so what can people judge me for? And, you know, everybody's always going to, uh, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I've done stupid things, um, but I've never done anything to intentionally harm anyone. 
um, you know, or, or anything that I would consider evil personally, but I, I don't really care what people say about me. I do care um, how people will treat my family, yeah. and I do care what people will say um, about my parents or how they will talk about my parents behind their back. Um, I do care about that. And the only reason I care about that is because I love my parents and I don't want to hurt them. Can I ask you something? Like, how, how, yeah. hard, how hard is it for you to hide it? How hard is it for you? <clears throat> it's not very hard. So that's the other thing is like there's privileges and then there's also different things about being gay, right? There's different kind of uh, looks. Right. Like um, for some women that are more butch identified. Right. For it's, it's a lot harder. It, it also for the male community. Right. For Sorry, the, how do you identify? Or, or, how do you identify? So I, I, got, I identify as, as, as a femme. So kind of like feminine. Yeah. Um, so I, I pass for straight. Right. That word is used a lot. Right. With within the trans community for trans women, um, if a woman doesn't pass, if a trans woman doesn't pass, she gets harassed a lot more than a trans woman that passes. Um, I've had this conversation with trans men. Um, you know, in, in the beginning, when a trans, uh, trans man is kind of going through the transition, basically, um, they still kind of have that, that, those feminine kind of features. So they also get quite a bit of harassment, but once once they have and 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 they look like you know uh, more masculine and they pass, then they're treated and they start having the privileges of being a man, right? Whether straight or gay trans man, they they are treated um, like a man, especially if yeah. they pass. So for me, I pass as like. Unless I personally tell somebody I'm gay, there's not an assumption made on me that I'm gay, right? Because I'm not butch. Right. Now, a lot of times when, 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 a, when a man is very feminine, right, a lot of times people are like, oh, gay are like, that guy's gay, you know, like, that's, you know, it's kind of like the obvious. Um, My gay and it cracks exist. me up. Unless two dudes are making out, I'm like, <laughs> I did not see that one coming. <laughs> but... But like in Lebanon, I've seen flamboyant men, right? I've seen um, feminine men. Um, and they're you know, totally and accepted, or are they accepted, or people? No, I mean, or? no. It's just people are just. I don't know if it's they're just ignorant, or they're just literally trying not to see it, or they're. It's kind of like if you don't say it out loud, it won't happen, or and it doesn't the, come true. I don't know. That's the whole but, point. But, that's exactly the point: is that people <laughs> don't have the conversation about it. So you can have people who are living flamboyantly and living in yeah. all, basically by all accounts. A very much a LGBT lifestyle, right. but since the conversation about it is so restricted, people aren't even allowed to mention it. Right. Yeah, and that's but that's the thing. But a lot of or them passed just, off like, as that. They, oh, that guy is gay. Yeah, and yeah. then just passed off as that. It's like, uh, but what? I've also well, yeah. It's it's either that it's said or ignored, or they get married uh, right. to a, to a woman, right? Like they get yeah. married. 
have a family and they're like, oh, no, people used to say he's gay, but he got married. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't change the fact that he's gay. I mean, he could be bisexual, but honestly, right. uh, I, I, I do believe that bisexuality exists. Don't 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 misunderstand me on that. But a lot of times I'm, I a lot of these men that I've seen and met are definitely not bisexual. They are gay men yeah. um, that are unfortunately having to get married. And to me, I I. I never, I, I did think about I mean, it when I was younger. Horrible. No, I did think about it when I was younger. Um, but my thought was always, I'll find a gay Lebanese guy and we'll get married. And then, like, I'll tell him I'm a lebanian And very then, you know, strategic on your part. Yeah, strategic. it was very strategic, right? I've always been very strategic. But as I got older, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then I did know somebody that got married that's gay. And I was like, did you tell your wife that you're gay? He's like, no, I don't want to hurt her. I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. You don't want to hurt her. Like, you can't, you cannot, that's not fair to her. I, I get, I get the boat that you're in. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand that it's so much harder for you because you're not privileged enough to be able to leave the country and live your life yeah. the, the way you want. Yeah. But that still doesn't excuse um, but I have to add lying something. to somebody. Yeah, I have to add something. So you just reminded me. So my neighbor is half black, half white. So he was dating. He used to date girls. He was bisexual for a while. And now he's fully gay man who's, you know, out and to his, came out to his family and is totally open. Uh, um, so he was telling me. So one day uh, we're, we're hanging out and he goes, oh, my God. He was telling me all his different sexcapades that he's had with like Middle Eastern men. And he goes, oh, my God, let me show you this really hot Middle Eastern man I slept with. And I was like, oh, cool. So he showed me the picture and he was like, yeah, but see, now he's like married with kids. This is in America. This isn't yeah. America. So this isn't even oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about yeah. just living that, that, Lebanon in South Asia or but, you know, but Middle that, East. But that's it's, what I'm saying yeah. about the culture. It doesn't leave you. Right. Right. It really doesn't leave you. Like our communities here are probably kind of like, like, like the good thing is we get to experience other cultures, uh, which is amazing. And, and we really get to we get to actually see people that are openly gay. Right. Um, in Lebanon, there's two two organizations. Uh, the the names I don't know why they're um, I can't remember the names right now. But I, I think one of them is Helm. I think which means dream. Um, I don't, and that's like an LGBT one. And then there's a woman's one. So that are for the most part like the the, the main leadership there is open. But they have a lot of members that are basically in the closet. Um, but they do activism work in Lebanon to try to, I think they were trying to reverse one of the laws um, that made homosexuality illegal. I think it was finally reversed. Honestly, I have to look into that. I know it was reversed in India because I have a lot of Indian friends. That's right. That were very excited that that got reversed. Um and what's funny is, like, I, I started learning a little bit from, like, friends more, especially um, um, history buffs, that a lot of those rules came in when they were colonized. 
when they came in from French, they came in from the English. That's correct. Right? Like a lot of those laws didn't exist before That's right. what we considered Western culture yes. went into those countries. Listen, we had Kama so, Sutra. Okay. We gave the world. <laughs> no kidding. We gave people, we were like, listen, uh, let me tell you something. You don't have to just lie down and do this. And now y'all are shy about it. Yeah. Let me show you different <laughs> positions. And then the British came along and they're like, oh, the blasphemy. Blasphemy of doing this. This is horrible. They're like, we only do it one way. The missionary position. That's it. Do not ask me to do more work. Forbidden. Yeah. Kama Sutra is forbidden. I just I want I just wanted to know back then, like, how were they describing it to each other? They're like, Okay, now you bend over and I'm going to like how how was it like working out back then? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure, like they weren't speaking English because they hadn't been colonized yet. <laughs> They definitely weren't speaking in that accent. <laughs> yeah, just in like Hindi, you know, just be like, okay, so if you put your knees on the bed, like how were they having this conversation back then? But uh, I digress. They had a lot of free time on their hands. That's uh, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's did. just a that's fact. True. Yeah. <laughs> so did the Greeks, so did the Romans. Oh, I yeah. Mean, they, they definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, I told myself when... When I was 17, I had just turned 17, um, and I remember... That was like you know, two, I years, never two years ago, on, right? I, like two years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, it was only about four years ago. No. <laughs> um, when I was 17, I, you know, I, I, I did not act on me being gay. I, I didn't act on it, meaning I didn't make out with a girl or anything until I was 19 years old, because I was always so scared, especially in high school. In high school, I didn't know anybody that was out, you know, and um, I, I, kids these days, oh, I never thought I'd say that, but damn, kids these days have it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's because no, of people I mean, like you, and do. it's, but it's because of people like you, you, you know, you do came right. the generation before and kind of laid out the groundwork and paved the way. And for to kind of make it easier. Yeah. I mean, like, I know, like, I'm looking back at it now. It's funny because I know some people in high school that came out after and I'm like, oh, that was so obvious. He was gay or, oh, I didn't know she was or you know, she's bisexual or like somebody that's, came out as trans. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. That's amazing. Uh, but it's, it's all because we all hit it, right? Yes. It's kind of one of those yeah. things where we should all get Oscars for being such good um, actors and actresses. But I, but I promised myself one thing when I turned 17. I was in a very, very, very bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, because you hadn't, you hadn't was, accepted yourself. Is that what that was? I hadn't accepted myself. I'd been trying to date guys, make out with guys. I, I never had sex with guys at, and like at make 17. No, like, oh, it wasn't God. anything like that. That's... But I was dating guys, you know, I was making out with guys, just trying to make myself straight, trying to be normal, trying to just you know, fit in. Um, I didn't have a problem in high school fitting in. I I had like good friends. It wasn't an issue of that, but it was more like, you know, knowing that after high school, I'm not somebody that always like, like, Oh my God, high school was the best. No, I couldn't freaking wait to leave. Like I was like, I want to like have a life life. Um, But you know, on the positive side, your dad must be very excited that you don't bring boys home. They're like, I just bring a girl right? home, and I they know. don't even know. They're like, oh, my, good girl, dad, good girl. My dad you bring a girl home, that's great. Me, he does not allow me to have guy friends. 
I wasn't allowed to have any guys. You're like, this is perfect. This is playing right into my hands. You know what? Seriously, uh, you might be able to, you know, you know, say, you know what? It's all your fault. Yeah, you could use that against him. Totally. I've been wanting to use that against. I'd be like, see, I was, I was straight. I bet I couldn't (laughs) be. And I just started liking them. Uh, you yeah, feared me into liking. Maybe them. I'll use that. Dude, you should you should use the fear of gay, dad. <laughs> Be like my dad's fear turned me gay, so now here I am. I know, right? You know, um, I um, I actually but yeah, but yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna finish that, that when I was seventeen. It was more that I was in a, a such a bad place. Mm-hmm. I was contemplating suicide. I was close to doing it. I was just like fuck this life. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why. Um, and then I just woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I wasn't a bad student at school, but I wasn't doing my best either. Right. Um, well, but you have I all remember, this inner conflict that you can talk, yeah, you can't know, talk right? to anyone. So come but on. I remember I was in, I was in 10th grade and I remember just being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to work my ass off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to college. I'm going to live on my own. I'm do my own freaking life. And like, let me just at least do this and see if that can make me happy. So I, I had the inner strength in me to be able to do that. It's really sad that, unfortunately, um, that that's not always the case. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah I just I'm wanted to say that's person, amazing, and I'm so proud of you not, for doing yeah, that. You know? Yeah, but that's not always the case, and that's why you have such high suicide rate with um, teenagers. Um, in the LGBTQ TQ community, mm-hmm. you have some of the highest suicide rates um, f- for youth is because, you know, they they get to that feeling that I did, but they don't have that little light or some kind of hope that they can grasp on. And like I said, I was always strategic. So I just made a strategy yes. and used that to get out of the very very deep question that i was um so for me because of that and because of where i am and because of my success and when i say success just being independent and being able to have my own life yes um and take care of myself that's what i mean i'm not filthy which that would be fucking nice No, but to me the accept the success (laughs) is the fact that you accept your life and go on to live your your truth that's incredible yeah we're, but that but that success and that privilege is one of the reasons that I don't want to hide, um, you know, be, being at least I, I, I don't want to hide within the community that I'm in because I know I'm able to do the work and I'm able to do social justice work and help others yeah. um, to hopefully kind of get the empowerment that they need. And, and, and the help that they need. You know, I just I just want to say this, and I think this is super important because that whole thing that you just said about being contemplating suicide at that age, um, you know, and and not knowing what to do, and and then having the courage and just having the acceptance and this, you know, incredible strength to get up one day and be like, no, I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna work really hard. For for the listeners out there, okay, uh, if you are a teenager, if you are a young person and you are struggling and going through the same thing, know that there is life beyond those thoughts and this 
and you are and boss is living proof of that. Yeah, it's not a permanent place. It's uh, as hard as it is to see it as being temporary. You can take the steps to do what boss did and find that sense of peace. Now, one thing that we talked about was in high school for you, boss, you didn't have anybody to talk to. And it it wasn't something where, you know, you're talking about having that light at the end of the tunnel. Part of it is having support. And back then, it was really hard for anybody within the LGBTQ community to have that support system built in when you're coming out as a teenager, especially within the Middle Eastern and South Asian communities. Now, uh, there was a book that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote called On the uh, the Shoulders of Giants. Oh, yes, I've heard heard about that. Yeah, and one thing that today's generation has is the support system built in within the group of friends. It seems like this generation seems to have a better idea of how to unite around each other and making it so that it's not something that, you know, kids are bullying and teasing each other as frequently as it happened in the past. You're You're more likely to find, you know, kids within the community rallying behind somebody to help support them through this kind of thing than you would have in the past. And I think the reason why is because of efforts from people from your generation. So we talked about the courage that it takes to just be able to get through what you did through your teenage years. I also got to give you all the credit in the world for coming here and having the courage to talk about it with us. So thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Uh, Everybody, this is Boss. Thank you so much for joining us, Boss. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys again. You take care. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you, Boss. Oh, that was awesome. Yep. Well, well, Sam, I, I don't know about you, but um, I feel like what Boss just did, for, you know, by coming on as a guest, as an anonymous guest, and uh, sharing her incredible story and her incredible courage to, you know, live her truth and live her life and her challenges that she faces. Um, I hope somebody listening out there who's listening to this would feel empowered and encouraged to find the courage within themselves to live their truth and uh, not hide in the shadows and so, or somehow be sad or ashamed or be suicidal and, you know, think less of themselves because uh, you, you're beautiful and uh, you, you deserve to be loved. Yeah, and I think the nickname that we gave her, Boss, is appropriate because she, given all of the struggles and everything that she's gone through, she's come out on top. She is the boss right she now. She is so the boss. And I, I got to give her all the credit in the world. And I got to give her all the love in the world for all the effort she's doing. We were talking earlier, standing on the uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yep. And a lot of the openness and the support that is now being given to the LGBTQ community wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the blood, sweat, and tears of all the generations of the past. And uh, and the effort that people like Boss put in. Yeah. And so her continued effort is really well appreciated. And her time and her courage just to talk about this stuff, yep. especially in the context of the lack of communication that happens within the Middle Eastern, Lebanese, South Asian community. That's right. I got to give her all the credit in the right. world. It's, Middle Eastern, South Asian. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing that even in this culture, and she said it, 
is that no matter what, we could be in this different country, but our culture follows us everywhere we go. That's right. And it's up to us, this generation, to be able to break the bad habits, the bad communication habits that we had in previous generations and make it so that this conversation about sexuality and just sex in general is one that's not looked at as taboo. It's looked at as one of growth and trying to make it so that we're actually having open, honest dialogue with each other. Because right now, we were just talking about it with Boss, how in the Middle East, she would not be able to live the way that she does out here without question. And there are plenty of people who know and have heard the stories of people within the gay community being thrown off of buildings yeah. just because they were gay. That's correct. And, uh, and and even being done by their own family members. Yeah. And that's that's where that <laughs> toxic worst. yeah, that's where that toxic level of communication needs to end with our generation. We got to be the ones to make it so that the communication becomes so public and so open that these kind of things are no longer considered acceptable. That's correct. And we got everybody, everybody listening. It's incumbent on you to take the effort to communicate and open up this discussion with your family, with your friends, and make it so that it's more acceptable and more part of it. Make it part of our culture. Basically undo the lack of education and and years of it yeah. centuries of it yeah we have to let's i think the conversation needs to begin now yeah let's make it so that our generation is the one that starts the education and undoes all of the miseducation that happened within our culture and sex look you you and i know this is the very reason why we're doing this absolutely because it, it needs to be talked about i mean it has been cooped up for too long yeah and people are suffering and the people suffering, are dying. People are dying. Not just get, it's yes. not just people. You know, we talk about, you know, people getting thrown off of roofs. I'd say the more common and more uh, insidious evil out of all of it is something that boss talked about. And that's suicide. That's correct. There are people who are shamed into killing themselves based off of the cultural impact of this lack of communication yeah. and all of the misconceptions that we have about the community. That's what the purpose of the show is. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully next week we can come up with more stuff that we can, you know, unbox for you. We're going to have a lot more stuff. And we're going to have more. We're going to further this conversation. That's the whole point of it all. We want to further this conversation. Make Absolutely. sure you join us next week. We're going to have more to talk about. I'm Sam. That's Mona. This is Forbidden Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you.